Thanks for joining us on the Southside Church Podcast. We seek to build real followers of Jesus, so we hope that you find this message both encouraging and insightful. Let's jump in. Well, hello, Southside, and a happy big middle of the summer to you, everybody. It's great to have you today. I am rolling in my flip-flops, my Jesus sandals. We are doing good. One time, a guy, I remember preaching in the summer. We were across the road before we moved into the school. He walked by. He was a guest. He was in a three-piece suit. I could tell he was in a guest, or he was a guest, and he walked by, and he just looked me up and down and said, never seen a preacher preaching flip-flops before. Said, have you heard about Jesus? <laughs> anyway, anyway, it was this wonderful stare down moment. He left. I went the other way. He never came back. Anyway, great to have you guys today. So good to see you, and uh, hope that you are having a great summer. And uh, we are uh, just so honored to have you as our guest, and just being able to be a part of our church family. Thank you for being a part of this day with us. And so today we are continuing in a series called "Can I Ask That." Well, yes, you can. You can ask that. And uh, we did that several months ago. We sent out a, uh, a questionnaire or, and, and just asked people, hey, is there something you want to know, something you want to have answered? And then we compiled all of these questions, and we've put this series together. And pretty much the questions we deal with on the Sunday series will be questions that were asked the most. And then throughout the week, we're trying to answer these questions, uh, just about every question that's come in, because we want everybody to get an answer. And so that's the plan. And today, today is week number three, and we're, we're asking this question today, okay? This one was a popular one. It came in a lot of different ways, and so we tried to package it the best way we could uh, to really answer most of the questions that came to us this way. And the questions are this, what does it mean to be godly? And how can I grow my faith? Those are great questions. The core principles of godliness. And what does that look like? How do I strengthen my walk with God, develop my faith in a way that, that, that can really uh, give me success in the Christian life and not success in the terms of the American way, the American dream, but, but fruit, see fruit developed in my life to see God's work revealed in me, to see confidence and growth in my life so that, so that I can, I can have have the joy of the, of the of the Lord in in my life. And so that's what we're trying to answer for you today. What does it mean to be godly? And how can I grow my faith? Well, I'm going to say this to you, everyone is a slave to something, either good or bad. Everyone serves something or someone. That's just the way that it is. And uh, society, culture, or I'll, I'll coin it as the world today, you and I have three enemies. If we're going to follow Jesus Christ and we're going to be uh, faithful followers of him, then uh, and that, that has so much meaning underneath it to really talk about a faithful follower of Jesus, and I hope that's what we'll see today. But when we talk about these things, we come from it from or come at it from the principle of Jesus being the center of everything that we do. Because as a follower of Christ, we have enemies, the devil, 
the flesh and the world is what the Bible will talk about it. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is kind of how it's manifested in, it, in, in, in us and through us. But the devil is very real. He's very much alive. He is very uh, much a spiritual being. And the Bible says he roams to and fro across the earth like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The Bible also says, Jesus says that he's like a thief who's come to steal, kill, and destroy. But, Jesus said, I have come to give you life and give it to you abundantly. And so there are stark differences between Jesus and Satan. But never, don't, make, don't make the mistake of thinking that Satan is not real. He is. He's a nerd, but he's real. And uh, he's a loser, but he's real. And he's very powerful and deceitful. The flesh, the flesh is a, is a sinful nature. Listen, the human body is not sinful. The human body is not godly. The human body is neutral. And it's the godly nature inside of us versus the sinful flesh that war against one another. And we'll talk about that today. But we have a fleshly nature that is sinful to its core, and it, it wars against anything godly. And then finally, you have the world, which is a satanic belief system that is opposed to anything godly. And so the primary goal of those things is to convince you and me that we can be our own gods, that we can sit in the center control seat of life, and we simply cannot. You can't make up your own rules. You can't do whatever feels good. Right and wrong is not dependent upon you. Truth is not relative. It is absolute. And we live with absolutes around us all over the world, but the enemy, the flesh, and the world wants to convince you otherwise. Here, we want Jesus to be the center of everything that we do. And so that stems from the belief that we are forgiven through Jesus Christ our Lord. But as a follower of Jesus, I'm a servant to him. I'm a slave to him. And that's not a bad thing because he gives me freedom. What Satan does is he puts me into more bondage. But either way, everyone is a slave to someone or something, either good or bad. Freedom in Christ, however, does not give us the right to do as we please. No. Freedom in Christ gives us the freedom to do as we should. And so this message, I don't want to communicate it to you this way where we say this is what you need to do. What you need to do is, or you should, or you must, or you will. No, this is, this is, this is the premise of it. Freedom in Christ, it doesn't give us the right to do as we please, but it does give us the freedom to do as we should. And so Jesus Christ sets people free. Can I get an amen? <laughs> it's right. Hey, Jesus Christ sets people free. That's what he came to do. You only remain in bondage because you choose to do so. So today we have to understand that our beliefs are the things that determine our behaviors. And so I'm going to break this down with three different points, but I'm going to say this is what we want. This is what to know, and this is what to do. Each time, what to know, what to do. Based on the, the, the text of Galatians chapter 5, and so we're going to go there and see that. So what do we say first? What do we need to know? Information, then application. Number one, what do you need to know first? You are free. You are free. You are free in Christ. And what does that mean and what does that look like? Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. Christ, Jesus, our Lord, has liberated us to be free. He has set us free. 
He has set us free from the bondage, from the guilt, from the chains, from the power, the penalty, and the guilt of sin. Jesus Christ set us free. Therefore, Paul says, stand firm and don't submit again to a yoke of slavery. What kind of slavery? Slavery to the bondage of sin, slavery to the restrictions of the law, and and what that came to do. The law was there to control people. Jesus said, listen, I want to give you proper boundaries around your life. Why? Because freedom is found in the presence of rules, not in the absence of rules. We want to, you, if you're going to play sports today, you play sports with rules. Why? They're safe. They're more safe that way. They're, they're a lot of fun that way. And there's no chaos. There's order. You know who wins and loses. But there's all kinds of rules in every sport you play. And that's there to keep you safe so that you can have a good time. And that's what, and, and, and that's a lot of the principle here. Jesus gives a structure and order, but he does it so that we can live freely for him and enjoy the life that he has given us to live. We can live it, John 10, 10, to the fullest. Christ Jesus has liberated us to be free. Stand firm then in that. Stand firm in that freedom and don't submit again to a yoke of slavery to sin and bondage to the devil. Galatians 5.13. For Because what happens between 5.1 and 5.13? There's a whole bunch of conversation about circumcision and castration, and we just don't want to talk about that. And so we're going to move right here to verse 13. You were called, because you've been liberated and set free, you were called to be free. You were made to be free. You were made that way. You were made, you were cre- Adam and Eve were created with that purpose. But we messed it up. Because of that sin entered the world. And because of that, it's been passed down to every person. And the only way to remove the guilt, the power, and the penalty of sin is through Jesus Christ our Lord. We were called to be free. So don't use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. The Galatians were thinking, man, I've I've been saved in Christ, therefore I can do whatever I want to do. Listen, freedom in Christ does not give you license to do whatever you want to do. It gives you liberty to operate within the gifts and callings that God has placed in your life. If you think that's restrictive, then you don't know Jesus at all. Because Christ died so that you may be free and have life to the fullest. Don't use this as an opportunity for the flesh, but serve one another through love. See, Jesus said the two greatest of all the commandments are these. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And so when we're talking about this, you are free. What do we see? He says the entire law is fulfilled in one statement. Love your neighbor as yourself. So spiritual freedom is living a thank you life thank you, God, and a want-to life. God, I thank you for giving me spiritual freedom through Christ, our Lord, and I want to live my life to serve you rather than I have to do it. Have to says drudgery. Have to says, uh, it says restriction. Have to says it's a heart that doesn't want to, but I have to. And so here, he's saying, no, we want to live spiritually free with a thank you and a want to, okay? So what do I need to know? What do you need to know today? You are free in Christ Jesus. Number two to that is what do I do? So if I'm free in Christ, that's what I need to know. What do I do? It's very simple. So let's make this high on application today. Love God, 
serve others. Love God, serve others. Love God, serve others. Say that with me. Say, love God, serve others. Just like that. Love God, serve others, okay? So I'm free in Christ. When I say yes to Jesus, accept his gift of salvation, he makes me free. When? After I do all of these things? No. At that moment, at that instant, you are free, my friend. Can I lose it? Absolutely not. It is there forever. And God wants you to now serve him and love him through that channel, okay? How do I do that? That's where we're going next. Love God, serve others. What do I need to know? I'm free in Christ. What do I do with that? Love God, serve others. Number two, what do I need to know? According to Galatians 5, you have to fight. You gotta fight, yeah, for your right. Yes, that's the wrong song, all right? No, but you've gotta do it this way. You've gotta fight. You gotta fight for holiness, man. You gotta fight for faith. You gotta fight for the freedom that you have been given in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Do I fight you? No. Do you fight me? No. We love God and we serve each other. We have to fight the battle that's raging within us. A civil war, the moment you say yes to Jesus, a civil war is ignited in your body, in your soul, in your spirit. And this is what it looks like. I say then, Paul said, walk by the Spirit. What's he saying? Walk this way. Talk this way. No, no, a different song. Okay. I say then, walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. What's he talking about? He's showing us how to live out this faith. What do I need to know? I'm free. How do I, what, what, what do I do with that? I love God and I serve others. Okay, so what does that look like? Well, you have to fight. I need to know this, man. I got to fight. Okay, so how? This is the how. You've got to walk by the Spirit of God so that you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. Walking and desiring are two different things. I can des- I can sit in a chair and desire. I can be I can sit on my fanny and desire. I can lay on my back and desire. I can do I mean desire really requires no action from me. It's just thoughts, okay? But those thoughts can turn into actions. What he's talking about here, he says walk by the spirit. Walk with the leading of the spirit. Walk in step with the spirit. And that is, a, that is an action that you are taking. You are actively pursuing Jesus Christ, the freedom that he brings, and the spirit of the living God. Hold the Holy Spirit of God living inside of you. How do I do that? You walk by the spirit, okay? We'll get more in depth with that. And you won't carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh, he breaks this down. The flesh desires what is against the spirit, the flesh, this, this, this internal fleshly nature, this flesh desires what is against the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God desires what is against the flesh. They are opposed to each other so that you don't do what you want. Paul said in Romans 7, the things that I want to do, I should do, I don't do. The things that I I don't want to do, that I don't need to do, I do. 
And, and the, the writer of two-thirds of the New Testament struggled with this. Don't you think if he struggled with it, so will you and I? So how do we do this? He said they are warring against one another. They are starkly and directly and passionately opposed to one another. And so what do we do? Which one wins? The one you feed the most. Look at this. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The law, even in the Old Testament times, the law was restrictive. It was, it was only a partial picture of the whole thing. And what the Pharisees and the religious leaders had done, the Jews had taken and made it, made it even less possible to achieve. What Christ came to do was fulfill that, not so that he would remove it. He would bring fulfillment to it so that you could live through it. You could thrive through it. You could have freedom and you could find the, tr- the full picture that is found in Jesus Christ our Lord. So if we are led by the Spirit, all right, not, and, and so here he goes and he says, I'm going to break this down for you. Remember, the Spirit of God is at war with the, with the fleshly sinful nature. They are opposed, directly opposed to one another. Now, the works of the flesh are obvious. So here he talks about two things. We're going to look at them. The works of the flesh and the fruits of the Spirit. Works, fruit. Works speak of labor, effort, toil, Works are manufactured. You have to build a factory and work to develop a product. That's works, okay? Fruit is something you have to cultivate. You have to grow. You have to wait on. You have to water. You have to give sunlight. You have to let it grow and produce. Fruit produces and reproduces. Works, works are just, they're just that. They are, it's something that has to be manufactured. The works of the flesh are obvious, I, don't, I, don't, I probably don't even have to tell you that these things are wrong, but here they are. They're broken down in kind of three different classes. Sexual sins, stup- superstitious sins, and social sins, okay? Sexual sins deal with the, the erotic fleshly side of our nature. The superstitious side deals with idolatry and the wickedness that comes from that. And finally, the social sins are the things that we deal with with one another. Look at this, sexual immorality moral impurity and promiscuity, adultery, sex outside of marriage, um, homosexuality, uh, pornography. I mean, we can go lustful thoughts. I mean, it starts, and it starts as a desire inside of us that just breeds and grows and takes and things out of control. We can look at it in the context of adultery, sex that, that, that is not between one man, one woman, one lifetime. That's the way God spells out a marriage relationship. Moral impurity is sex outside of that. There's, there's pornography, there's lust, there's these desires, promiscuity. Those are the sensual sexual sins. The second kind, the superstitious. There are two of those, idolatry, and sorcery. Sorcery, uh, the, the word there used, the Greek word there is pharmakia. It is where we get our word pharmacy from. See, the magicians in Paul's day would use drugs to, to get their desired effects, much like what I think we see today within our culture and our world and all over the planet. The same thing still happens. We just see it differently than they did. Idolatry is, is taking, it's worshiping things and it's using people. God wants us to love him 
him, not the world. He wants us to serve others and allow those the things that he's blessed us with to further his kingdom. So we see these type of things. Then we see the sins between us. We've got hatred, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, division, factions, where you've got this side and that side, and then you've got enviness, drunkenness, carousing, and then he says, and anything similar to that. In other words, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, okay? And so those are the things that we deal with between us. And this is a stark warning that should scare us to death. He said, I tell you about these things in advance, as I told you before, that those who practice who habitually commit these things with no remorse, no guilt, nothing that wants to turn them away, but they habitually practice these things, will not inherit the kingdom of God. You see, you cannot expect to see the fruit of God when all you are sowing are the seeds of evil. So the what to know, you are free in Christ. You can be. How do I, how do I, what, what, what do I do with that? You love God and serve others. What else do I need to know? You've got to fight for it. Okay, well, what do I do with that? What do I do with that? This is what you do. You starve the flesh. You've got to starve the fleshly nature. I told you, the spirit of God and the fleshly side of you war against one another. They are directly opposed. Which one wins? The one you feed the most. So you have to define, you have to take a step back and you have to say, what is robbing me of the freedoms that I have in Christ? Is it this? Is it social media? Hey, you may not need to, to fast from Facebook. You may need to delete Facebook from your life. You know, is this, is this opening a doorway to, 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 to lustful thoughts, to things like that, to pornography, to, to, to other different avenues in your life? What, what is happening? What is happening that is causing you to think less about God and more about the flesh? You've got to starve it. You've got to cut it off. Most of us starve the spirit inside the spirit of God inside of us, and then we wonder why the flesh always wins. It's because we're starving the thing that we, that, that we want to win, but we're not giving it anything. The last thing is this. What do I need to know? Well, I think you need to know this. You are free in Christ. You have, and, and, and what do I do with that? You got to love God, and you got to serve others. You got to love God more than you love the world. You got to serve others more than you serve yourself. And that's just a decision that you have to make. What does that look like? What do I need to know, man? You got to know that you're fighting against a fleshly nature. You've got to fight. You're free, but you got to fight for it. And how do I do that? I got to starve the flesh. What's the last thing that I need to know? This tells you how you can starve the flesh, but feed the Spirit of God. You are saved to produce fruit. You are not just saved to go to heaven. You are saved to produce fruit that translates into eternal life. This is what we see. The fruit of the Spirit. He's already told you about the works of evil. Here are the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace. 
The first three are Godward. Love is God love. It is giving of yourself with the expectation of nothing in return. It is agape love, unconditional love, no strings attached. Joy. Joy is just absolute. It's more than happiness. It's not based on my circumstances. It is just joy bubbling up inside of me. Peace. It doesn't matter what storm is raging. I can walk and live in peace because of my God, my Godward relationship here is intact. The next three are, are not Godward, they're manward, okay? They are outside. Much like the works of the flesh, they were, they were sensual, superstitious, and then they were social. These are very similar, okay? The first three, though, are Godward. The next three are manward. Patience, kindness, and goodness. Patience. I'm going to be long-suffering. I'm going to be understanding. I'm going to help you get to where you need to go, and it's not about what you do for me. It's what I do for you. Kindness are just good acts, kind acts done to other people. Goodness. I'm doing things with the spirit of goodness in my heart. I just want to do good deeds and take care of you. And then finally, the things are inward. Faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Faithfulness says I'm dependable. Gentleness says it's power that is kept under control and in submission to God. And self-control is a result of all of those things that helps me control the fleshly nature because I'm starving the flesh and I'm producing fruit in my life and feeding the Spirit of God. The fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things... There is no law. He said, nope, these things right here are just God's fruits that are growing abundantly in your life, all right? He says, now those who belong to Christ Jesus have starved. They've crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, we must also follow the Spirit. What does that mean? Keep in step with. It's like a a military term. The Spirit is our commander. And we are walking in step with Him. We are walking in cadence with Him. We are following Him. And we are seeing the fruit of that in our life. If you go to basic training, you may start off slow. But the process of basic training in the military is to tear you down according to all the systems and things that you've learned in your life so that they can build you up and build you up in a manner that they want, the way they all look the same. But by the, end of, 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 by the end of basic training, you run faster, you're in better shape, you're in all these things. Why? Because you have stayed in step with your leader. See, we've bought into the lie that Christianity is about us saying yes to Jesus and then God letting us go do what we want to do. Grace and freedom go together, but it's not a license for you to do whatever you want to do. It's liberty so that you can live and step with the Spirit of God who loved you and gave Himself for you. What do you need to know? You are free in Christ. You're not free in Satan. You're only free in Christ. How does that work? What does it do with that? You love God and serve others. What I need to know, you got to fight for it. And what does that mean? What do I do with that? You got to starve the fleshly side of you. Quit feeding it, starve it. Then produce 
fruit of the Spirit of God in your life. And you've got, you are saved to produce fruit. The flesh can never produce the fruit of the Spirit. You can't do that without the Spirit of God. So what do I do? I gotta, if I'm gonna starve the flesh, I've got to feed the Spirit. And Pastor, how do I do that? It's very simple. And this is how we'll close. You pray, you read, you live, you obey, and you serve. That's exactly how you do it. This, how, do, how do I grow my faith? How do I find freedom in Christ? Pastor, how do I get consistency in my life? How do I understand the Bible? How do I do this when I don't have time in my life? You name the question. I've probably heard them over the past several months. I've also heard this. Just about everybody that I'll ask, when they come to me with an issue or a problem or a struggle or a sin or an addiction or a bondage, I'll ask, how, how much do you read your Bible? Just about 100% drop their head and say, I, I don't read it at all or I don't read it like I should. Studies have shown that if you read your Bible less than three times a week, the, 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 the sin issues that we just talked about here, the works of the flesh, the, 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 the production of those in your life, the manufacturing of those in your life increases exponentially. But those people who read the Bible four or more times a week, those things decrease dramatically along with stress, worry, anxiety, fear, doubt. Dramatically. So what do I do? This is how we do this, okay? All right, love God, serve others. What does that look like? How do I starve the flesh and feed the spirit? You gotta pray, friend. Pray, but I don't know how to pray. Go to Matthew 6 and read the Lord's Prayer. If you don't know how to pray, pray that. When? Every time you pray. Every time you pray, my Father which art in heaven. Make it, make it, take the King James out of it and make it personal. My daddy that's in heaven, how awesome is your name. May your kingdom come, may your will be done in this life. Start here as it is in heaven. Give me and my family this day my daily, our daily bread. God, give us our daily bread, the daily things that we need. Lead us not into temptation. Lord, don't forgive me of my sins. If I've forgiven as I forgive those who've sinned against me, don't lead me into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Then begin praying that for your wife, your children, your husband, your children. Begin praying that for your extended family, then your neighbors, then your coworkers, then your family and friends. Pray. Ask God to touch your life. Pray in the morning. Pray at noon. Pray at night. Pray in the car. Pray everywhere you go. Learn how to talk to God. Pray. Number two, read the Bible. I don't know. I don't understand it. Quit making excuses. Excuses get us nowhere. It just buries us in the flesh. Starve the flesh, feed the spirit. How do I do that? Read the word of God. Read it. If you can just get a chapter, a verse, something, put it on repeat in your car. Man, put it on a computer screen, a screensaver. Remind yourself on your phone. I don't know, but read the Bible. Every time your watch tells you to stop and breathe, stop and read a verse. Read the word of God. Live it. Live it. Love God. Serve others. Go live that. Obey what you read. Find one thing. Read one thing a day and obey it and go do it. And finally, man, serve. 
serve. How do, this, is, this isn't rocket science. The local church exists so that we can love God and serve others, so that this is training ground. Pastor, how did you get to where you are today? I prayed, I read, I lived, I obeyed, and I served. And God began to open doors. Where are you serving? I just come to church, I don't serve. I'm gonna tell you, it's the wrong place to be. You need to do something in the house of God, period. Do it. Well, the church made me mad. It's not the church that made you mad, it's the people in it. And I just don't know what to tell you, they're still here. Where you got people, you got problems. Go to work, friend. Go do something, friend. Do it. Don't wait. Park a car, hold a door, change a diaper, teach a class, play an instrument, hold a camera, greet somebody, do something. Serve. And God may open doors for you that you never dreamed possible. The the church is, is here so that you can develop those things. That's why it's here. You get to decide. Everyone is a slave to something. Whose slave are you? So you decide. It may be COVID that's kept you from coming back. Put a mask on. Come back to church. Quit living in fear. God didn't give you a spirit of fear. Get back. Maybe you've been hurt by it and and you you don't know what to do. Come back. Solution, pollution. You decide. Come back. Find one. One somewhere. And walk in and you want to make a, you want to be a difference maker. You want to be a blessing. You want to see a smile on a church leader or a pastor's face. Walk in and say, Pastor, what do you need and how can I help you? And I'm not just saying it. Sign me up. I'm ready to go. (laughs) You might have to pick a brother up. He might pass out. What? Do it. If you don't know Christ today, let's start there. Ask Jesus to be your Savior. Right now, in this moment, don't wait another another second. Pray this with me. Eyes open, eyes closed, wherever you're at. Don't turn it off. Listen, if you don't know Christ, say, Father God, I believe that you love me so much that you sent your Son to be my Savior. Say to Jesus, say this to him. Jesus, forgive me for my sin by your grace. Restore me in a relationship with you. Say these words to him. Say, Jesus, be the Savior and Lord of my life. I am ready to follow you, and I say yes today. If you prayed that with me, follow the prompts at the end of this message and tell us, and let us help you take your faith to another level. Do something today. Take a step of faith. Say yes to Jesus, and let's 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 go win people for the kingdom of heaven. Have a great day. God bless you. If you made that decision today to say, yes, I do want to choose Jesus. I do want to acknowledge him as my personal Lord and Savior. Congratulations. We could not be more excited for you. And we want to help you in that process and answer any questions that you might have and provide you resources. To do that, simply text Jesus, that's J-E-S-U-S, to 706-449-0870. And one of our pastors on staff will be in touch with you because we want to help you as you walk out your faith. If you thought, you know what, I would like to contribute to all that God is doing in and through Southside. I would like to partner with them. You can do that in three simple ways. 
First, you can text GIVE, G-I-V-E, to 706-449-0870. Secondly, you can do it on the Southside app in the GIVE tab. Lastly, Southside.online. You can do it through the GIVE section on our website. Thank you so much for being here with us today, and we hope you have a great rest of your week.